Hi, and welcome to the Unveiled Podcast. We discuss all things related to women to help us think Christianly in every area of life. My name's Sandy, and I'm here with Susie. We both have a passion to bring gospel reform to womanhood, to families, and every area of life. I have a background in education and music, and Susie's training is in biblical counseling, theology, and ministry to women. Susie and I have been friends and have served at our local church for over 20 years together. Today, we're going to look at Proverbs 31, verse 17, and it says, She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. And the NIV, it says, She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. And I like, um, I like the strength that we see in this verse, and it kind of goes in contrast to the maybe the stereotypical Christian woman as a meek, quiet, gentle uh, woman, and um, we see now that she also has a strong side to her as well. And this verse leans us toward a physical strength, and I think we should touch on that. This woman is not easily tired out. She can physically handle the labor needed to get through the tasks of the day, and these tasks um, were before machines came that make our lives easier now. As you've observed and counseled women, is this an area of our lives that we in general have neglected and failed to address in church life? Some people are not moving their bodies every day. How can we spur each other on to steward the health of our bodies for the glory of God? Do you have any tips for how to have a possibly awkward or difficult conversation with our Christian sisters who are not taking good care of their physical bodies? Absolutely. This is a great uh, comment. I liked how you discussed how typically, stereo, maybe even stereotypically, we have considered the Christian woman only to be meek and gentle and quiet. And all those, although those are all attributes that are, um, uh, you know, admired and blessed in God's word for a woman, that's only part of who she is. Uh, and we can't assume that a meek and gentle woman is not strong. She should, in all mean, by all means, not be a weak person. In fact, gentleness and meekness are a sign of strength, of inner strength. And our physical strength is also something that we should not neglect. It helps us to be hardworking. It helps us to endure and to get all the tasks accomplished that have been entrusted to us. So it's it's very important to focus both on the inner and the outer self. Obviously, God looks at the heart, but if we are not taking care of ourselves outwardly, that is usually an indication that there's also something going on inwardly. And so as Christians, sometimes we avoid the topic about outward appearance or outward strength because we're so consumed with the inner. But like I said, I think it's very evident that usually the outward is a, a display of what's going on inside. And if we are not physically strong, we will not have the endurance to persevere. We will not have the endurance to work hard. We will not have the endurance to have the energy to serve the Lord. Serving the Lord is not by all means not an easy task. And just to do all the other things, right? Our, our life in the kingdom of God is not just when we're teaching Bible study or having a spiritual conversation. Our, our life in the kingdom of God should impact every area. And so as we said about our work, it should all be done for the glory of God. It should 
highlight who he is. It should be done with excellence. And if we are too weak to do these things, then we aren't able to actually serve him as we are called. And so, yeah, I do think sometimes we neglect having these conversations. Like you said, they're awkward at times. And we want to be so holy that we only talk about the inward, not the outward. But God cares about the whole body. He entrusted our physical bodies to us while we're here on this earth. And so we should take care of them as well. And so I think one of the things, first and foremost, if we're concerned about this and if we're seeing that there's an issue, we need to start by setting an example ourselves. And we want to be women who have the strength to to do the work that we are called to do. The reality is we no longer need to wash our clothes by hand. We don't have to get on our hands and knees to scrub our floors. And we don't have to, if we're gardening, we don't have to, you know, uh, till the ground with our own shovels and, and uh, rakes. We usually have a rototiller or something mechanical to help us. And so in that sense, physical life isn't quite as hard as it would have been back in the day. But let's still work hard and use our bodies. And uh, I know I personally... I'm not one to go to the gym. And if you do go to the gym, I think that's an excellent thing. I would just caution that going to the gym is done for the right reasons. It's not about showing off your body and um, being, uh, you know, vain. I think we have to be very careful about being vain. Vain is a sin. Uh, It shouldn't be about our appearance and being able to show that off but about being strong actually that reminds me there's a woman in our church whom I love she's on my leadership team and she's in her 70s and it might have been when she turned 70 that she said she was going to go to the gym she wanted to start uh, working out so that she could continue to serve Jesus Mm -hmm. and I thought that is the most beautiful thing ever she wasn't doing it to be a supermodel she was doing it so she would have the energy to serve Jesus and I know I personally love riding my bike and of course Now, I should say, some people do ride their bike all year round. I'm not that committed. I do love riding, but uh, I like the optimal uh, weather to go along with it as much as possible. But in the summertime, I do spend a lot of time riding my bike. And I love how as the season goes on that I feel my physical strength growing stronger. My first few bike rides, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, what am I doing to myself? But as I keep going, my endurance builds up. And it's such a reminder to me that my physical endurance actually also strengthens my mental and spiritual endurance, right? If I'm so quick to give up physically, I will also give up mentally, emotionally. It it works together. Our bodies are whole beings. And uh, if we, we train the one, it also as a byproduct trains the others to to work hard and not give up. So we have to start by example. And I think also as we have opportunity, it doesn't always have to be a, a direct confrontation. But if we see an issue in society or within our group of influence, uh, whether it's in our small groups at church or in our friend group or in our families or if we have the opportunity to teach a large group, start making comments in general to people. Talk to them about physical health and the importance of being active and stewarding our bodies. Uh, and that just kind of gives a general reminder to women that, yeah, it's not just about spending time in our Bibles, as important as that is. God made us whole beings and we need to take care of all of that. And 
and then there's times to ask questions about their health and how they're feeling. And if they are talking about feeling sluggish or if they complain about being overweight, then there's the opportunity to, to speak into it. And sometimes we just like to affirm, oh, you're beautiful just the way you are. Well, it's not even so much about the beauty. Yeah, there's overweight people that are still beautiful. You, you can see just the glow in their face or they have beautiful hair or whatever it might be. But they're not honoring God if their bodies are overweight or if they're in, unable to to walk or work hard or do their uh, chores because their bodies aren't used to moving. And of course, let me just put in the disclaimer. Obviously, I know there's people who have a physical disability or who are physically ill and absolutely there's grace for that. If, if, if you are ill and it's not because you've been lazy, by all means, like there's no expectation, right? But for those who are able-bodied, Let's keep moving, like you said. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and uh, yeah, obviously, if we do have to do a direct confrontation, we want to do that prayerfully and graciously. And, um, you know, maybe make sure you're building a relationship with them as much as possible so that you can speak into their life. But, yeah, it is a matter of it's a spiritual discipline. God cares about your body and uh, let's not shy away from talking about it if we see that it's actually become an issue. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, that's great. I did notice that there is a link as well. Um, as a as a worship leader, when I'm out of shape physically, mm-hmm. I'm not able to worship God to my the best of my ability. I can't hold notes as long or, or mm-hmm. breathing, you know, all those things. It's all connected. So, yeah. Um. In the Amplified Bible, it says she equips herself with strength, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong. So um, this made me think about our men's ministry and their um, current uh, focus that they have. So I messaged our men's ministry leader and asked him to clarify their focus for the men. And he responded, and this is uh, the email that I got back, and he said... The verse that started that started it all was Matthew 16:18, where Jesus tells the disciples that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. And this is him continuing. I had always read that verse and thought that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against the church as if they were on offense. However, if gates are defense, then the church must be on offense. Then came the connection with the Great Commission. Baptize, disciple, and teach are all actions that are offensive in nature. As, uh, as in, when done, they gain more territory for the church, also our church's mission. So Christ told his disciples that his church could not be stopped and gave us, us a mission that is 100% offensive. Then comes a statement that we should be on 100% offense. People asked, what about defense? My view is that we should only play defense if it enables more offense. In war, you take new ground and fortify it, but you only, uh, but you fortify, for example, build walls, train more soldiers, etc., so that you can take your entire army and take the next new ground. Otherwise, you would have to leave some of your army to defend and no longer be as effective on offense. Being on 100% offense requires that everything we do somehow results in offense in the present or in the future, 
No longer can we live our faith aimlessly. We must, through prayer, reading, and fellowship, be strategic in our walk. And I love that um, that explanation that he gave us. And I think that as a women's ministry, we can come alongside our men's mission, especially as we look at this verse about being clothed in strength. It involves a shift in our thinking from being on defense to being on the offense, not being combative, but taking ground for God's kingdom, uh, refusing to compromise in the worship and the service of the Lord. Susie, what are your thoughts on um, how we can support our men in this mission and how we can adapt this into our own lives as well? Yeah, I think that's great. I love how he really described the idea of being on offense. And uh, interestingly, as women, we can be very defensive, can't we? Because Mm -hmm. we're so easily offended. And uh, many women are so weak emotionally that everything sets them off. And they, they feel like everywhere they go, no matter what people say to them, they're always on the defense. And rather... Why don't we start by preparing ahead of time, preparing in our own time with the Lord before we go out to be with people or on mission or at work and prepare our minds to be strong in the Lord. Uh, Being a meek and gentle woman, once again, does not mean that we are weak-minded. Our minds need to be strong. That means we need to be confident in who the Lord is and what he's called us to. And when we're confident in that, and when we've resolved the issues of our past by offering forgiveness, by entrusting our past to the Lord rather than continuing to allow our past to affect our present, I think we can be much stronger minded. You see, so many times we live in our past, don't we? Because all of us, to some extent, have been victims, Mm -hmm. right? And our world loves to promote the idea of being a victim and living in that perpetual state of victimhood and always blaming other people for, for the trials in our life. And the reality is we can be honest and say, yeah, like, this trauma happened to me or I was violated in this way or I was neglected in this way, but not in a way to excuse our behavior, but to say, okay, so that's what happened to me. How can I learn from that? How can I renew my mind in the Lord and know who I am, know that he loves me, know that he has a mission for me regardless of my past? And I, I believe many times it is it does start by acknowledging what's co- happened in our past, but then we choose to forgive. And I, I believe this is how it goes. I, I read once that forgiveness is where mercy and justice meet at the cross. And to me, that's such a powerful statement because many times when we're unwilling to forgive, when we continue to allow our past to affect us and make us weak-willed women, um, it's because we somehow hold on to that. We, f- we aren't willing to forgive the people that hurt us. We somehow feel that if we just hold on to it, if we show, continue to show them that they've hurt us and that they're in the wrong and get back to them that way, then somehow we are acting justly. But it's the opposite of acting justly. It's, it's trying to be our own God, mm-hmm. trying to be in control ourselves. It, 
And we we just aren't. We are not God. So give up your past, the hurts that other people have inflicted on you. Give it to the Lord and let him act justly. In the end, the people who have hurt you, whether they are ever repentant to you or not, will be given justice. For those who repent and believe in Jesus Christ, they will be forgiven. God will give them mercy. But for those who don't, they will be eternally damned forever. Those who never trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so in the end, God will perfectly bestow justice on those who have hurt you. And so you can trust him with that. You don't have to live in that perpetual state of unforgiveness. And then secondly, sometimes it's our own sin that causes us to live as weak women. Maybe we've committed some very heinous sins or very um, repetitive sins or sins that cause us a lot of shame. And yeah, we've repented of them, but we continue to live under this black cloud of guilt and shame and, and unworthiness. And there too, we need to remember that mercy and justice meet at the cross. And that means if we have repented of our sins, that God will not damn us to hell for those. He has actually renewed us. He has given us a a new spirit. He has made us a new creation. He has given us the blood of Jesus Christ, which completely redeems us of that sin. And so that God justifies us and he now looks at us just as if we never sinned. And so we don't have to live in that perpetual state of shame or embarrassment or feeling like we're not good enough because Christ has paid for all of that. And I think many women, we we live in that um, state of, of, of not really believing that we're a new creation, that, that we're really forgiven and that God has a purpose and a plan for us and that God can redeem all our sins of the past and and do something beautiful in our lives. And it's not because of us, but it's all because of Jesus. And so we need to continue to remember that it's all about Jesus. And if we understand those things, I think we will be able to renew our minds in Christ and we will be strong women. We will live on the offense rather than always being defensive or self-protective. And and then that will enable us to be in partnership with the men in our lives. And for the married women, you're called to be your husband's helpmate. Um, You need to be strong to be a helpmate. A helpmate is not a weakling that can't do anything for herself. If you're a weakling that that is uh, someone that is just constantly in despair and hopeless and discouraged and feeling sorry for yourself and feeling like you're not good for anything, how are you a helpmate to your husband? You're a hindrance. And so let's remember that we are are called to be strong women. And to be a helpmate is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength. And it reminds me, uh, my daughter-in-law is actually a police officer. And it's a little bit of a different story. But uh, just after Christmas, she was uh, got into a physical altercation with someone that she was arresting. And she ended up getting hit in the head and ended up with a concussion. And she's a very strong woman. She is a very strong-minded woman. She loves her job. She is not afraid to go and, you know, be an officer and uh, someone that is willing to face criminals. 
So she was pretty eager to get back to work fairly quickly. And in, in one hand, I understand because I had a concussion myself back uh, maybe eight, nine years ago. And physically, you're feeling well and you feel like you can do a lot. But it's amazing how much your brain is being used in every aspect of life that you don't realize until you have that concussion and you feel exhausted and you feel that buzzing in your brain and uh, you just can't think as clearly. You can't make decisions. I remember when I had my concussion, there was so many times, I think my youngest daughter was about five years old at the time, and there was so many times she would ask questions and I would just be like, I can't process that right now. I, I just couldn't. It was such a wild time in my life. And so my daughter-in-law was going through this, and she was eager to get back to work. I think she felt physically well enough. And she was finally able to resolve that she needed to take that time off and that it was okay to take that time and to heal fully because she was talking to one of her fellow police officers, and they said, we need to know that when you come back on duty that we can trust you, that when we're entering into you know, a criminal situation that you're sharp minded, that you're ready to make quick decisions, that you're physically strong. And because if if you're not sharp, that puts all of us at risk. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of opened her eyes. And she realized, yeah, I might want to do this, but I'm not ready. And I, it's just a reminder that um, as women, if we aren't mentally ready, or if we aren't physically ready, we can actually put others at risk. Mm -hmm. And we can put them at risk physically or spiritually or mentally. And so let's take care of ourselves. Let's be strong women so that we're not hindering others, but actually benefiting them. And I love earlier we had talked in Proverbs, it says the heart of her husband trusts in her. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's your husband, if you're married, or maybe it's your coworkers or your children or another relationship that you have, when you're coming alongside that person, let's try as much as possible to be that person that can be trusted in because you are strong physically and mentally. And so I just have to say as well, uh, just like my daughter-in-law who needed to take that time off because she was physically not strong because of her concussion. It was no fault of her own. It happened to her. She needed to take that time off to be strong. We also need to know when it's time for us to take a break, right? And the the biblical concept of rest is a good one that we should continue to apply in our lives. And so there's nothing wrong with taking those times of rest. Maybe we need to renew our minds. Maybe we need to renew our, our bodies or whatever it is. Take that time so that you can go back into ministry, back into family life, back into work, and be strong. Mm-hmm. And and maybe even with a renewed passion mm-hmm. for it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you take a break. Um, this So back, uh, this godly woman is dressing herself and making her arms strong. So she's not relying on someone else to do her God-given task in the area of physical strength and spiritual strength. She isn't letting somebody else do the study of God's word for her and then just filling her in. She's doing her own digging, studying. She's equipping herself and she's applying the word of God into her life. She's clothing herself with strength and the endurance for what is to come. So she's mature. She's not blaming her immaturity or failings on her past or her upbringing, sort of like um, you touched on that already. She is able to use every resource that God has provided her to grow and to become more Christ-like. 
And so what can not just new believers, but all women who are looking to move beyond the stages of milk toward meat uh, to increasingly strive for a deeper spiritual life? Hmm. Yes, so many things come to mind when you say that. And one of the things is, uh, as a counselor, when I'm counseling people, I'm very much aware that the easy part is coming to the counseling office and hearing words of encouragement Mm -hmm. or direction from God's word from me. The hard part is going home and actually putting it into Mm -hmm. practice, right? So, yeah, absolutely. We have to um, know truth but then we have to have the courage and the willingness to actually put it into practice. And then secondly, I was also thinking, as you know, our women's Bible study really tries to get women to get into God's word themselves. And so over the last few years, we we often just provide a template for Bible study instead of providing a pre-made study guide that has a lot of extra information and direction in it, which... You know, if it's a good resource, there's nothing wrong with that. But we've really tried to get our women to get into God's word and see what God is saying, highlighting to them. Do the own, their own research into different word studies or cross-referencing into the history of things. Because as much as it's interesting to hear from somebody else, there's something beautiful about discovering it on your own and having that aha moment. I think it it touches deeper into your heart. So I really Mm -hmm. encourage women, if you use a study guide, great, but sometimes just read God's word and, and study it for yourself. And obviously we can make mistakes. So if you need to, you know, go to a pastor and ask him for affirmation or go to a trusted commentary for affirmation, by all means do that because we don't want to be led astray Mm -hmm. in our biblical knowledge. But see what what you can discover on your own. I I very much encourage that. And um, there's one other thing, but I can't remember what it was right now that I was going to say. Maybe it'll come to me as I'm talking. But yeah, certainly I think we have to study the Word of God. It starts with the Word of God so that in all of life we can apply it. And so as we're listening to media, as we're listening to different songs or different speakers or podcasts, or reading books that we are able to discern what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. And obviously with that is prayer, right? We talked about that uh, this morning. We were actually discussing uh, the prayer of Solomon when he was asking for wisdom. And the reality is we don't always have the wisdom of ourselves, but when we ask of God, he He gives us abundantly. So ask him to give you that heart of wisdom and discernment. And this is something new for me in all honesty. Uh in my past, I would not have been in tune with culture. I didn't really think it was relevant or important in my life. But over the last couple of years, I have begun to realize how extremely important it is. Mm-hmm. And not only important, it, if I truly understand what it means to live in the kingdom of God, I realize that every part of life is a spiritual experience, right? It's not just when I'm in the in the Bible mm-hmm. or when I'm teaching a, a lesson here at the church or when I'm evangelizing that I'm doing ministry, all of life should be represented uh, as a Christ follower. And I should think about all of life through the lens of God's word. And so it's very important to be in culture. So one of the things that I've done, I'm obviously much more involved in uh, understanding culture. Social media does help with that. You you get the other side Mm -hmm. a lot. 
and uh, you need to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong. But it gives you insight into what other people think. And I think one of the big things that it really urges you to speak truth because you're like, okay, they're speaking absolute falsehood. They're speaking evil and destruction into our culture. So somebody's got to speak Ah, somebody's got to speak up and uh, that might not come naturally to me, but I've learned to do that because truth needs to be heard mm-hmm. because the world is speaking everything. But mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I have started enjoying uh, to do is reading culturally relevant books and the odd occasion, a news article. Uh, so I encourage our listeners to read books that stretch your thinking. A few books that I've read in the last few years, one would be We Will Not Be Silenced by Erwin Lutzer. And just that the title of that book is a good reminder that I cannot be silenced. No matter what people do, no matter how they try try to silence me, I cannot be silenced when it comes to the truth. I have to continue to speak up with wisdom and discernment, of course, but I cannot be silenced. And then there's also a book called Live Not By Lies. Rod Dreher is the author. I don't think he's a born-again Christian, but he has incredible insight into culture. Excellent, excellent mm-hmm. book. And then uh, just actually just recently, some of you know that my husband and I were able to take a vacation to England and we were able to stay with some good friends, Joe and uh, Jenny Boot. They just recently moved back to England. And those of you that know Joe Boot know that he is an intellectual. He has incredible insight into cultural issues and how to respond Christianly in all of life. And he's had an incredible influence in my life over the last couple of years as I've been trying to figure out how to live Christianly in this very unchristian, anti-Christian culture. And in all honesty, I had to listen to him a few times before I really understood what he was talking about. I'm so glad I didn't give up, that mm. I continued listening to him because he makes sense to me now. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I had a major success. So while I was there, he just received one of his newest books and he gave uh, gave me a copy. It's called For Reformational Thinking. Ooh. And it's just a small book, but guess what? I read the whole thing. I, ha- I had it finished before we landed here in, in Canada, and I understood it. I was so thrilled. I'm like, wow, okay. It's, you know, we can develop our minds, Absolutely. right? Like, yeah. I'm, I will never be an intellectual like Joe Boot, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. God has made each of us differently. Mm-hmm. But it, it was encouraging for me to see that my mind as I I've been thinking more about these things as I've been listening to people like him. And of course, my husband is an intellectual. He's very wise as well. As I listen to people who stretch my thinking, it also stretches my mind and it develops my mind. Kind of like we were talking earlier, uh, being physically strong is important. And if we are weak, we don't have to stay weak, right? Mm-hmm. We can develop that by enduring. And like I said, with my bike riding, in the beginning of the season, when I start riding my bike, I feel very tired and exhausted. And I think, what am I doing to myself? But as I keep going, my muscle, my endurance builds mm-hmm. up. The same thing with our minds. The more we stimulate our minds, the more we will be able to understand new concepts and deeper concepts and more intellectual concepts. So we don't have to try and be the next Joe Boot or the next Aaron Rock, but stretch your mind. And uh, there's one more book I wanted to highlight. It's called Fault Lines by uh, Vodi Bauckham. And just for our listeners, 
I actually have a copy of this book that has not been read. I bought it for somebody else, actually, but realized that she no longer needed that book uh, because someone else was actually giving it to her. And so I have a copy of the book Fault Lines. And so the first person that emails me will get a free copy (laughs) sent to them. I am super excited to be able to send you this book. So if you would like this book, you are welcome to email me. It's Susie at HarvestWindsor.ca, S-U-S-I-E at HarvestWindsor.ca, all lowercase letters. So the first email that comes in, you will get a free copy of this book. That is amazing. First giveaway. Yeah, I was excited. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I was wondering why I still had a copy of this book, and here it is. Um, So, yeah, stretch your mind, stretch Mm. your thinking, listen to podcasts that, you know, challenge your intellect, befriend other women who are more intellectual than yourself. Don't be, you know, offended by them or or don't compare yourself and and live in, you know, Mm. inferiority. No, learn from them. And then, like we already said, pray and ask God for wisdom. I think those are just a few of the things that that come to my mind to really uh, be women who move beyond, like you said, the beginning stages of milk and to increasingly strive for a deeper deeper spiritual life Mm. and then like I think we already mentioned as well once we know it then we have to go and put it into practice knowing it alone will not change us it Mm -hmm. won't make us strong woman it's actually doing the hard work of putting it into practice Mm. yeah wow I love the I love the shout outs to our women's bible study yeah we've been looking at prayers from the bible today was wisdom and you know just being able to discern good from evil and um, uh, yeah, and then the strength to be able to speak up. Um, I love refuse to be offended, such good advice. And um, not easy to implement, but what a difference this, this could make in our lives if we follow it. And uh, one more thing, I did come across live not by lies early on in the pandemic, and it really helped to shape my response in so many areas. Um, I, I'd highly recommend that one as well. I won't email you for the, <laughs> for the Fault Lines book. I you can use or, my copy. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So now I have even more to add to my reading list, but that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we pray that this has been beneficial to you. And we hope that you will join us again as we rebuild biblical womanhood from the foundation up. 